least say we get this party started. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. It's a party each and every week. Holy smokes, do you like the weather here in Indiana in the spring? My word. I don't remember in all of my years, five plus decades, as much of wind warnings as we have had. What in the world is happening? Oh, Mother Nature at her finest. Just wait 10 minutes, it'll change, right? Anyway, we've got so much to look forward to this spring. Turkey season, the morel mushrooms are popping all over the state of Indiana. And a lot of folks getting out. we got a great big show today. John Martino, one of my favorite outdoor writers, award-winning, is going to bring us up to speed on what's happening up in the mid-central part of the state. Kokomo Reservoir's got some muskies in it. I'm sure he's going to be talking about that. Guy Relford, the gun guy, he, we haven't had him here in a bit. He's been a very, very busy guy here in the last few months, but we're going to find out kind of some of his common sense conversation on 2A issues. Uh, they've been at the forefront, as you well know. Chris Ham, HHA USA, big, big event for first responders, and we are going to find out what he's up to. So it's a big show. It's a fun show. You're not going to want to go anywhere. Brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Guy Relford, the gun guy. We're going to give him all the time he needs. He's going to be on the show when we return right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Happy spring. Just wait 10 minutes and that weather is going to change. I promise you that. Man, we have been seeing Mother Nature at her best and her worst. A lot of folks suffering around the state with these lines of storms the last two weeks. But we're here in the Indiana Outdoor Studios this week. It's Easter Sunday weekend. And hopefully everybody has friends, family, and faith to look on this weekend and be thankful for so many things. And the weather should be accompanying appropriately as mentioned at the top of the hour it has been a minute since we've caught up with our good friend guy relford the gun guy and guy i know that uh, you have been extremely busy and a lot of good things and a lot of bad things but it's never it's never uh without drama meaning we've had some very tragic events here in this first quarter that have involved guns and that always brings back the the uh, jackaloons out there who who start making really really weird statements that are kind of dangerous, and I figured it'd be time for us to get together and just kind of catch up. How you been, man? I'm doing well, Brian. It's always a, a, an honor to be here on the show with you. Yes, it is. It's great to have you as well. And I uh, I had to laugh because for those that may not be familiar around the state of Indiana and other affiliates, Guy Relford, uh, wildly popular show, uh, the Gun Guy show on Saturdays here on our home station on Monument Circle. And I saw your April Fool's joke that you put out there that the gun guy was going to retire. And I have to tell you, when I saw that, I'm not on Facebook a lot. I was like, no, I haven't heard that. He can't do that. Of course, I read the whole thing. So you got me. Yeah, well, you know, I felt a little bad about that because um, I almost didn't post it because, I mean, I like doing some form of April Fool's joke every year. And and this time I said, yeah, you know, hey, all good things come to an end. You know, this is going to be the last gun guy show tonight on the on the first. And uh, and 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 I almost didn't post it because I thought, man, it's going to be heartbreaking when nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you that didn't happen. 
Yeah, and, and uh, no, but people came, and then I felt a little guilty because people that didn't read the whole post and realized it was an April Fool's joke came on and said some really nice things uh, and, uh, the, you know, heartfelt things, and, and uh, then I felt bad for being the jerk who, who was playing an April Fool's prank, but, um, you know, I, right below it, I, I put a, a, a picture of, of my calendar that sits on my desk. I yes, I saw one, it. And, and I said, trust no one, you know, <laughs> so Guy, you're I was trying to give it away, but anyway, it was fun, and people said nice things and it was heartfelt and so the, the, the thing is when I really do uh, retire at some point uh, no time soon uh, at that point they're going to go aha you got us once <laughs> you know? well I, I you're not retiring I won't let it hey let's jump into some meaty stuff here because sensationalism is rampant right now and there always is this flare-up when we have these these criminals these deranged people out there who do terrible things with guns and it takes things to the extreme and you always bring us back to center but we can focus on on kind of the big picture on the national level but anything going on here in the state of indiana that people need to be aware of of course you run the 2a project which one of the great organizations in indiana focused on second amendment issues you're a constitutional expert on the second amendment and the 2a project is is alive and well let's focus on indiana for a second yeah i mean on a positive front um, we have a bill advancing through the indiana general assembly that uh, would provide a standardized curriculum and some funding for any school district that makes the decision, and the, the decision is still entirely at the local level at a school district, but if a particular school board, uh, school corporation decides that it wants to arm teachers or staff uh, to uh, be that last line of defense against a potential, a potential mass shooting, um, then this, uh, this bill provides a standardized curriculum, 40 hours of, for, of firearms training, really designed uh, by law enforcement and with others' input, including mine, um, to uh, to be the very best training that for teachers or staff in a school environment. Um, it, it is the same number of, of hours that a, a police officer gets when he's he or she is going through the academy to become a sworn police officer, but it's it's even better than that because it's specialized for the school environment and for the role of teacher or staff because it includes things like weapon retention so important and uh, um, and uh, uh, emergency first aid for uh, gunshot wounds that type thing and so it's it's it's, it's a neat program I was proud to testify uh, in favor of it in the General Assembly it passed the house overwhelmingly and has just uh, this week in fact yesterday uh, passed uh, out of the Senate Education Committee so it should go to the, the floor of the Senate I hope it gets passed and, and I hope uh, that Governor Holcomb signs it because again it, it leaves the decision Decision at the local level where it should be in my mind, uh, but uh, but provide some really quality training, uh, a great curriculum and funding, uh, so the school board or school corporation doesn't have to bear that expense. Guy Relford is our guest, and you know the world has lost its ever loving, you know what mind, and mm. you got Bud Light doing his wacky, their wacky stuff, and you, uh, I, I just this whole conversation, this craziness, as you call it, the crazy train seems to be going wild. But nationally, with things that took place in Nashville, we've got people absolutely being. Uh, sensationalized is the best thing about it but i know you've been all over media and uh call upon for your expertise what are some of your commentary for people to keep their their mental state and their sanity on some of these gun law issues 
Well, you know, there's this false narrative out there, and it's pervasive. You can't turn on the TV without seeing it. You can't go on social media. These people come on there and say, well, this is all the NRA's fault, or it's all Republican lawmakers' fault, because if we just pass some common-sense gun control, we could stop mass shootings. We could stop yeah. school shootings. And and I read those things, you know, and people get specific. If we just passed an assault weapon ban, we could stop mass shootings. The, the, the worst school shooting in history in the United States was committed with two handguns. That's Virginia Tech. 32 people killed. Uh, two handguns. And, 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 and so it would be do virtually nothing. And they say, well, if we just passed red flag laws, uh, all we need to do is pass red flag laws and we'll stop mass shootings. We'll stop school shootings. Oh, really? Uh, California passed a red flag law, I believe, in 1991. And then they had an assault weapon ban since 1989. And they've been the scene of two very high profile mass shootings here just in the last few months. And, and so it's a completely false narrative. If people want to dangle gun control uh, in front of lawmakers' eyes or the public's eyes and say, see, if we just took these steps, um, we could stop these things. And it's complete... It's completely ludicrous because you, you can't legislate morality. You can't legislate sanity. Uh, and evil finds a way. And, and to, to simply to take my rifle away or to do what Indiana did in 2005 and pass a red flag law. Okay, we have a red flag law in Indiana. We were the second state in the country to pass a red flag law after a very beloved uh, then Indianapolis Police Department uh, uh, patrolman, Jake Laird, was gunned down by a person with a long history of, of mental illness. So we passed a red flag law. A red flag law did us no good before the FedEx shooting when Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Mears didn't go forward and pursue red flag proceedings against the, the person who committed that shooting after his mother and his sister walked into a police substation and said, he's dangerous, he just bought a shotgun, you really need to come seize his guns. Police seized his guns, wrote up the red flag complaint, and, and the prosecutor's office never pursued it. And, and, and in response, we get, well, if we just pass these laws, listen, criminals don't follow laws, and laws on the books are only as good as they're enforced effectively and efficiently by officials in the position to do so. And we've had those failings all across the books. So, so when people say, you know, all we need to do is take the rights of law-abiding citizens away and we can stop these things, um, it's completely ludicrous, and I'm always going to speak out against that. Because you don't make bad people... Uh, safe by making good people uh, helpless. And, 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 and that just is invariably true. And I'm always going to be out there fighting that battle. Guy Relford, our guest, is always the perspective that you bring is is so welcomed. You know, you could even go further down the list. You know, I know California has had uh, laws on the books since the early 90s. And, you know, universal background checks, something like that, I think I've read oh, yeah. somewhere. And, you know, yet they've had 44 of these, quote, mass shootings and two high profile shootings in the last few months. And as you said, these laws are on the books and they're only as good as how they are prosecuted. But you can't you can't uh, deal with I mean, psychopaths are going to be psychopaths. And. You know, I just get so incensed and enraged when I hear people get so sensationalized about, as you just so aptly labeled it, common sense gun laws. We have common sense gun laws. We have a lot of them. And they oh, yeah. if you can't regulate stupid. No, or, or crazy uh, or evil. Yes. And, and, and that's what you're dealing with. Um, usually all of the above. And uh 
um, and, and, and the, the idea that, that a law that, that, that someone's willing to break uh, every law in the books, including murder, they're willing to risk the death penalty. Their plan is to die in a shootout with police uh, as they you know write up in these manifestos that we see over and over. And and that's their plan. If I'm not afraid of dying in a, in a hail of bullets from police, why on God's earth would I suddenly follow some law that may be a, a low-level felony or even a misdemeanor um, when uh, I, my plan is to is to die in a shootout? It, it's just simp- it's silly. And yep. the idea that if we just pass that one more law, criminals and psychopaths will suddenly start following laws is the most ludicrous thing I can think of. Well, real quickly, and I and this is an extended conversation, but as quickly as we can, I know that constitutional carry in the state of Indiana has come under fire pardon the pun, but there again, misrepresented in every sense of the word and uh, sensationalized. What's your thoughts on on how things are going here in Indiana with constitutional carry? Because there's other states now, more states than not have constitutional carry. Yeah, 26 states. Now that Florida uh, just uh, signed it into law by Governor DeSantis down there, uh, the majority, as you say, 26 states have constitutional carry. It's going great. And, you know, and police, you know, we were bemoaning the idea of constitutional carry before it passed, saying, well, we're not going to know who's legal and who's not, and all these dangerous people are going to be carrying guns. You know, I watched the the, the police blotters and, and watch the arrests uh, that are getting processed. And, you know, a whole bunch of people are going to jail now for the new crime of unlawfully carrying a handgun by a prohibited possessor. And everybody said, oh, no, we'll never know who's prohibited. Uh, really? Well, I, they're getting filed left and right, uh, particularly right here in Marion County. And then they said, well, bad guys can now carry guns. No, they can't. And they go to jail if they do. And that's exactly what's playing out. But the law-abiding citizen doesn't have to go get permission from the government to exercise a pre-existing constitutional right. And, and you're right. You know, the media, it's just going to be the media. You know, Fox 59, who used to be fairly good, on, at least on Second Amendment issues, uh, they've fallen off a cliff and terms of their credibility and reliability they they did a hit piece on constitutional carry where they had uh, christopher bailey assistant police chief from from marion county he came on and he said oh well yeah he said one thing i can i can guarantee you we can attribute to constitutional carry is the increase in accidental shootings and they started citing examples. Fox 59 jumped on that. So, oh, we've covered those. And, and here's two stories of these accidental shootings. And, and they're talking about, they start talking about accidental shootings in the home. You've never needed a license to carry a gun in your home. Constitutional carry is irrelevant to an accidental shooting that happens in someone's home or at a gun range where you never needed a license, or at least not since 2011, um, you know, or, or during a, a, an instructional class uh, or at a gun show. I know of two accidental shootings in Indiana in the last couple of years uh, that happened at gun show. You don't need a license to handle a gun at a gun show. So they, they started blaming that. And then, and, then, and then they said, well, now all these people can just run off and buy a gun with no training uh, because they don't have to go through the process of getting a permit. You never needed a permit to buy a gun, and there was never a training requirement to get a permit. Exactly. So who can buy a gun and, and who re- needs training or who, who gets training mandatorily is not affected at all by constitutional carry. It was, it was so poorly done. It was, a, it was an intentional hit piece, and it was completely inaccurate. I called them on it. I was all over social media on it. I understand that got some attention. Uh, within Fox 59, but you know it didn't stop there, and now we're probably running out of time, uh, Brian. But you know the Evansville uh, TV station came out with something equally ludicrous here recently, where um, 
they they uh, were talking about a guy who walked into a Walmart carrying an AR-15 over his shoulder, which is a knucklehead move. I don't care. Yeah, you know, you're, you're not doing us any good on the two A side by scaring people by walking in. Oh, he had a mask on. Oh God, so you got a mask on and an AR-15, and you walk into a Walmart. You're an idiot who doesn't doesn't uh, belong on my side on the two A fight. I can tell you that right now. But it, 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 police were were quoted as saying. Uh, or attributed to saying that, well, that he wasn't breaking the law. He was only breaking Walmart policy because of constitutional carry. Brian, he was carrying an, a rifle. He was carrying an AR-15. Constitutional carry is irrelevant to long guns, which have never required a, a permit or a license to carry. And yet some knucklehead out there, and, and the TV reporter wasn't smart enough to go, well, hold on. Is that really true? Um, and so now they're blaming constitutional carry. I know. idiot carrying his AR into the Walmart. So, and we're going to say, and I predicted it as soon as it passed, as soon as governor Holcomb signed it, I said, you know what? Constitutional carry is going to get blamed everything from, you know, spitting on the sidewalk to jaywalking um, and going forward. And that's exactly what we're seeing from, from some angles, but you know what? They don't have any credibility. And luckily we're able to get the word out there and, and, and show them for what it is, which is why we have you on. And I can't thank you enough (laughs) as always guy for your time. The two a project, Check him out. Become a member. Listen to the gun guy, WIBC locally, and his podcast. Guy, it's always great to visit with you. Best of luck, my friend. Thanks so so much, Brian. It's a, like I say, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. You have a great day. You too. So much to come. We're going to talk to our good friends in the outdoor world, John Martino, when we come back. It's Indiana Outdoor Show, and I'm your host, Brian Pointer. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. So great to be with you each and every week. Many thanks to all those affiliates that are with us each and every week. Thank those stations that carry us. We couldn't do it without our good friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. Sign up to be that organ and tissue donor. You can do that when you buy your hunting and fishing license or just go to Driven to save lives. That's the number two uh, dot org, and uh, do some good. It is mid. Well, we're in that transition. You know, one day it's twenty, the next day it's seventy. One day it's beautiful and sunny, the next day there's tornadoes and eighty mile an hour winds. But that means so much is yet to come uh, here with springtime. And as I uh, always love to do, visit with great award winning outdoor communicators like John Martino as mentioned at the top of the hour. John, it's great to have you back on Indiana Outdoors. It's been a minute, but uh, I think some of, think so highly of our Indiana Outdoor communicators, and you've been one for so long, and and uh, so many people look forward to your writings. I just thought I'd reach out and see what the heck's on John Martino's mind these days. How you been? Good, Brian, and it's always an honor to be on here with you. Um, boy, you hit the nail on the head about the swing in weathers and temperatures. I mean, it's uh, it's time to start mowing grass, and that's hard to believe, uh, and it's first week of April. Well, we talked about that. I hate making the first mow because once you make that first mow, it's on. Game on. And we'll probably make our first mow this afternoon. But, you know, hopefully get that done and then start doing some fishing. Well, that is always a good thing. You know, the spring is in this transition. We got turkey season everybody's looking forward to. I don't know about you, but 
maybe it's just because I'm paying more attention knowing that I'm not going to be able to turkey hunt. I hung up with this darn hip getting replaced, and it's keeping me out of the field. But people have kept me posted of what they're seeing. I, I've had more reports of people seeing more turkeys than they ever have this time of the year. They're still bunched up together and big flocks. But I've seen people sending me pictures that they said, I haven't seen this many turkeys in one spot in a long time. What, do, what are you seeing over in your neck of the woods? Well, of course, you know where I live. We have turkeys around us. And um, I'm seeing quite a few, Brian. And actually, um, interestingly, around here in the western part of Howard County, I, I don't hear as many gobbles as I do. I mean, I see birds a lot, but it's it's like they're, they're, they don't gobble as much. And I, I did hear a couple gobbles just the other day. But, yeah, I'm seeing quite a few. And, you know, youth season starts the 22nd. It's the 22nd and 23rd. And then, you know, the regular season, the 26th. And I just absolutely love turkey hunting, and I can't wait. So, but, yeah, I'm seeing quite a few. And, really, I just hope to see one one nice Tom within gun range is all I ask for. As I always used to say, and I still say it, I just want one dumb one. You know, just one that has a momentary <laughs> lapse in judgment like me. But it is such a rite of passage for a lot of folks with people who maybe not have been in the woods since deer season. And there's a lot of folks like you and I that are very passionate about getting into the spring woods. There's something about going into the turkey woods. Uh, you got vegetation coming back. The weather is, you know, one day it could be cold and the next day it could be uh, warm. But listening to those turkeys, watching them do their thing and Mother Nature provides so perfectly and all the other things that come alive again after a long winter just is so refreshing to be in the turkey woods and i know how much that means to you and i'm glad to hear you're going to be able to get out of it or get out into the woods you know the other thing that i follow you is you're in you're writing around the state is you know you live in the kokomo area and i've read some things about the kokomo reservoir what's the latest with the folks up there in howard county you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Brian, and I'm going to, it's kind of a long story, but I'm going to try to compliment the DNR on what they've done and local anglers. Long story short, uh, about a year ago, the Indiana Muskie chapter approached the Department of Natural Resources, the fisheries division, about stocking full-strain muskie in our Kokomo Reservoir. Really? And the Kokomo, yeah, the Kokomo Reservoir is only like 463 acres. But anyway, what really made this cool was, so they approached, they were going to pay for everything. This did not come from any fish and wildlife budget or taxpayer money. They were going to pay for the stocking, but they wanted to do it under the auspices of the Division of Fish and Wildlife. So our fisheries biologist, who in our district is Tyler DeLauder, they had a public meeting about it, which I thought was awesome. And it was well attended. So one of the things out of that that meeting was not only did did people agree with putting the muskies in, it creates a whole other fishery, but a lot of local anglers expressed concerns about the lack of habitat. And through that public meeting, the DNR last year put in like 484 full-strain spotted muskie. They averaged about 15 inches. And I might add that those fish now are pushing 25, 26 inches. They are growing unbelievable. Then the DNR came back in. They bought a bunch of moss-back fish habitat structures. 
and just several weeks ago placed 24 of those in our Kokomo Reservoir. And then right after that, they put in 400 and some odd more muskies. So the Kokomo Reservoirs had, you know, a, a lot of love shared on it in the last year. And all that came about really through a public meeting. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how that works? And, you know, we can talk about this in in big picture stuff, but when you actually see public input as chairman of the Natural Resources Committee, I value public input greatly. And that's a, a perfect example of everybody coming together for the good. And the muskies seem to be doing well. They're doing extremely well. I get reports weekly of people catching them. And like I said, last year they were fifth average 15 inches. Now they're at 25. I had one guy say one was pushing 30. Now, of course, they have to be 36 inches to keep, and I hope people don't keep them. I hope most people catch and release them. But it's created a whole other fishery at the Kokomo Reservoir. And, Brian, you hit the nail on the head. This is the first time, at least in Howard County, that I've ever remembered the Department of Natural Resources holding a public meeting and there was about 50 local anglers there and just like you said whenever you include the public any governmental agency works with the public um it's always a good thing yes it is and unlike a lot of perception our department of natural resources values public input and amanda wustefeld is the director of division of fish and wildlife I know personally her commitment to that. John, it's always great to visit with you. I recommend people follow you, get online, follow your writings, and I'm going to miss you at the Hoosier Outdoor Writer meeting this year, but you're one of my favorite people, and I appreciate you. Go out and find some morels. I hear they're popping. Yeah, uh, real quick. Um, I thought it was too early. I know they've been finding some, in, like in Sullivan and Greene County, and I had a report of, of some people finding some in Ripley, but I would have thought it was too early. Just yesterday, I had they've only found a couple, but they have found they're starting to find them in the Nordwell, Carroll County, and Howard County. Well, so, the first ones came. They always say tax day to mid May, but I talked to my right. good friend um, uh, Tom Nauman, and he said he expected things to be about two weeks early because of the weather, and I think that's spot on. I do too. Well, All I right, my friend, it. be good. Thank you so much as always, John Martino, one of Indiana's great outdoor writers. Thanks for being with us. It's an honor. Thank you. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. What a great way to get things going. Right back right after this. Oh, it's been such a great show. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven to save lives.org. Sign up to be that organ and tissue donor and help save some lives and heal up to 75 others. You can do that when you buy your hunting and fishing license. Many thanks to John Martino, award-winning Hoosier, outdoor writer, great friend, and one of Indiana's finest. Guy Relford earlier talking about some uh, updates on the two ape stuff going on and the wackiness in the world but let's bring it back to people doing real good stuff chris ham 
joins me uh, back here on Indiana Outdoors. He is the founder of HHA USA. It's a nonprofit organization connecting veterans and first responders to archery and the outdoors. And he's the co-owner of HHA Sports. You're just the jack of all trades. You're one of the best in the outdoor archery industry. Chris, great to have you back on Indiana Outdoors. I always hate to say how you've been because you're one of the busiest guys I know. Oh man, yeah, and I mean, we don't. Uh, I, I've been good, and we don't. We don't see each other much. We. I, I don't know if we've ever even met in person. We've nope. talked on the phone a handful, talked on the radio a handful of times, and uh, and follow each other on social media. But yeah, it's uh, life is good here in Wisconsin. We were we were talking before we hit record about the about the weather, and it's it's sunny today, but it's still still a little windy to be flinging arrows that long range. So well, I see that you're out practicing your craft daily, which is always good. But I also saw most importantly, and I always like to highlight the work that people. Do and you've got a a servant's heart for sure, and you've got the 2023 Veterans Archery Shoot uh, coming up, and you've got a whole bunch of folks, as we mentioned, first responders, veterans who are going to be together. Let's talk about what this is all about. Yeah, so this is a. I'm so excited about this, Brian. This is kind of a culmination of our, you know, five six years of doing this. We've been a nonprofit since late 2019, and I got my my heart for serving came from from serving as a as a ground volunteer for the Honor Flight, which I know you guys have an yeah. Honor Flight there out of Indianapolis, and something that's just near and dear to my heart. I've been on this flight six times as a guardian. It's it's awesome. So my my five second elevator speech is if you're a if you're a World War II career or Vietnam vet or know somebody that is, get them on an Honor Flight. It'll be one of the best days of their life and and yours too if you're fortunate enough to go along as a chaperone. So absolutely, and you. Um you make your vocation your vacation. I say that often. And those that we talk to here, you can tell where their heart is and bringing first responders and vets together using archery, uh, certainly is, is high forefront of your, your heart. So tell us what's going on here and what's going to be happening. The biggest event that you guys have put together in your nonprofit history. Yeah, so we uh, we stole our kind of our titles for these things from our local honor flight chapter. Every time they have a flight, they call it a mission. So we are uh, we are having mission twenty four, which is our we skipped twenty two because of the twenty two veterans a day that take their lives. We wanted to to leave that one alone. So this is our twenty third archery shoot as a as a nonprofit, and we are partnering with our our friends at Vortex Optics outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and they are allowing us to invite in 222 veterans, law enforcement, first responders. They have got a state-of-the-art facility that would just knock your socks off. It is a sportsman's utopia. Uh, great place, great company, veteran-owned, make great products. And so uh, the, that, that event will be taking place on Friday, April 28th. Uh, I'm a big barbecue fan. I'm a foodie. So we've got the, the folks from Mission Barbecue down there catering all the food in. So that's going to kick off our weekend as kind of a VIP event for those folks. And then we're going to roll right into what we normally do with the two-day archery shoot, the 29th and 30th at Blackhawk Hunters, which uh, ironically, one of the gentlemen that's a longtime board member there was the one that originally brought us, along with one of his friends, brought us the original optimizer design back in 1994, 1995, and put that in my dad's hands and said, Harry, you need to you need to make one of these gadgets because we think there's a demand for a movable one-pin bow sight. Well, here we are 20, almost 30 years later as the as the king of the of the movable site world so kind of yeah. cool how things have come full circle there but then we're also running a, a sporting clay shoot that day 
with uh, with the folks from the Meestead Foundation, and they they actively get servicemen and women out hunting and fishing to help combat PTSD. So uh, my buddy Joe Rhodes, that uh, is a school teacher outside of St. Louis, does all of their primary fundraising, runs a lot of their events, and he's coming up to be point man for the Sporting Clays event. Um, Beast Mode Archery Challenge uh, is a is a train to hunt put 50 pounds of gear on your back, run around a mountain all day and shoot arrows. Not really my, my cup of tea. I'm not a fitness guy, but, uh, but there's a lot of folks that are. So, so they're putting on an event at Tyrell basin, which is the ski hill just outside of Madison, uh, that Saturday as well, an eight hour endurance run. And then that night, uh, for any music fans out there, anybody that's watched The Voice on NBC, uh, there's a guy by the name of Chris Cruzy. He's a Wisconsin native, still, still lives here. Um, Kind of uh, kind of Wisconsin's version of Chris Stapleton, I'm going to call him, but just a great singer-songwriter. So he's coming down to put on an acoustic concert for us Saturday night. Uh, we'll have a big silent auction there. And it's uh, I think you can just tell the excitement in my voice. Absolutely. That comes it's loud and be, clear. It's going to be the greatest event in our history because, I mean, nothing against any of the other shoots that we've done in the past. And, and every, everything, I, I want to say this, everything other than the, than the invite-only thing at the I had Vortex on Friday, everything else is open to the public. So we get a lot of civilians that show up to our events, and we might get a handful of veterans, first responders, but this is going to be the largest collection of our core group of people that we're trying to serve that we've ever assembled in one place for one weekend. So I just, I can't wait uh, until that weekend happens. And then to hear in the days, the weeks, the months to follow the conversations that are had there, the friendships that are born there. I mean, there's going to be new businesses, new nonprofits launched out of this. There's going to be lifelong hunting partners. It's just, uh, it's, it's humbling to, to have the, the support that we have and just to be able to put something like this together. And I, I just, I could not be more excited about it. Well, Chris Ham, who is the owner of HHA Sports, and we just talked about your nonprofit very quickly. Let's switch over to the for-profit side. I know you guys were here at the Archery Trade Association in, in, in Indianapolis. And you got some new products real quick. What's new? Yeah, we came out with the uh, the Tetra Rise. It's uh, it's spelled R Y Z, all capital letters, but pronounced Rise is like a rising sun. But it's a it's a it's a two pin sight on a single pin platform. So it's a single blade with uh you know your, your top pin and then the other pin is uh is a half inch below it. I'm sorry, a quarter inch below it. So that's gonna depending on your bow setup, that second pin will be. 32 yards it might be 38 might be 40 depending on your bow speed but uh i think mine's 36 but i mean it's the it's the what if site because all the years of building single pin sites i would have people that were kind of on the fence and they're like well what happens if the deer moves well now i mean i was out shooting my bow this morning once i get my new phase four sighted in i'll be good basically from zero to 45 without having to to adjust that site just knowing what my bow does with I that second pin so yeah and it's uh it's taken the industry by storm we're uh we're, we're actually moving into a newer facility for uh for our assembly and shipping and uh, and sales calls here june 1st so a lot of a lot of it. exciting stuff going on on both sides of the fence up here in, uh, in hha land in wisconsin i always invite our listeners hha.usa chris ham one of the greats thanks for making your vocation so important to so many people and thanks for being a part of indian outdoors this weekend Hey, we appreciate you, Brian. Thank you for the invite again. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. What a great guy. Great organization. Check them out. Uh, We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this.
So much fun, so little time. It is the story of the Indiana Outdoor Show Week. I can't thank you enough for being a part of it, and we always encourage you. Thank the stations that carry this. Thanks to the new affiliates that have joined here since the beginning of the year. We appreciate you as always. We always try to educate and entertain a little bit and bring you the latest and greatest in Indiana outdoors and beyond. I love talking to Chris Ham, HHA USA, great organization, first responders, those that that uh, veterans bringing them together using archery, one of the leaders in the for-profit archery world as we heard him talk about a brand new product. Miss seeing him at the Archery Trade Association here when it was in Indianapolis in January. But check him out. If you have a philanthropic heart, I'm sure he'd love to hear from some Hoosiers on how they might be, uh, you might be able to get involved. Guy Relford, that guy, my word, always brings common sense, always brings rational conversation about the 2A because there's not enough of that faux show here in modern culture. So thank you, Guy, for being a part of it. And John Martino, award-winning Indiana Hoosier outdoor writer. The morels are popping, he says. The muskies are in the Kokomo Reservoir. All is good. We are all good. Remember, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. Enjoy this beautiful Easter weekend. And remember the reason for this weekend. See you outside, everybody.